So we'll just talk basketball to start and uh, get things going. So, hey everybody, we're back. Uh, another cold open. Hey guys, I have I have bad news. I have some bad news. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, who has recently purchased um, the Bacon Wire podcast, um, they have decided to cancel us. Yep. Uh, uh, right now. Um, so we have to stop the pod right now. We can't record any more podcasts. Um, the Bacon Warrior podcast is dead. Well, actually, we got bought by someone, didn't we? We did. We got bought by, uh, yeah, we got bought by Warner, Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah. Um, and, and they've canceled us. They've canceled us. Well, I was I was going to do like pretend we were actually going to stop recording and then just like go back into the pod. So are you leaving that five seconds of silence out of the, it's, out it's of the in. podcast? Or, okay. We're, we're keeping it in. I'm recording. Okay, um, nice. That'll be great. If, if you don't get the joke, basically everybody, Warner Brothers is just like taking a torch to HBO Max and like the HBO original content and killing it all, expecting tomorrow for them to announce that. HBO Max is going to be discover is going to be part of Discovery Plus now, instead yeah. of the other way around, which would make way more sense. I know that's so stupid for them to like, for them to just get rid of the HBO name and make it like a tab in, in Discovery Plus. But uh, yeah, and they canceled Batgirl, which I mean, I don't think I was anticipating to see it, but I still want to watch it. Um, I mean, how often do you cancel a ninety million dollar movie that's done? I mean that's that's never that that's insane and I hope uh, I hope they just get completely fucked over. I hope all the talented people leave that ta- leave that company. Did you see the statement that Warner Brothers said? Uh, yeah, they were hoping on working with them <laughs> in the future. <laughs> hey, if I'm that- a deal in Bilal, right? The directors of Batgirl who have had a productive relationship with Universal because they directed Bad Boys for Life, which was like the last big movie to come out before the pandemic. Yeah. And just recently show ran, uh, which recently show ran Miss Marvel, which is going to get a second season. Why in the fuck would you ever go back to Warner? Right. Marvel's, you know, based on how Miss Marvel ended, the hat man might hand you the keys to might hand you the keys to the mutants. Yeah. And you're going to go, no, I'm going to go make something that I can't guarantee. I'm going to go work for a studio that can't guarantee whatever I make is going to come out. I mean, you, you don't think that's going to happen, but like, yeah, that, that's pretty fucking shitty. Just the audacity to go, well, I, I hope we can no hard feelings. Right. We good. That's just so shitty, and I'm so. That's like um. That's like uh in uh that's like it's it's like a South Park episode where Cartman just does something completely unforgivable and reprehensible, mm-hmm. and then he and then it gets solved. It's like the end of the Snook episode, <laughs> where he goes, "I'm the one who found the terrorists." <laughs> yeah. After oh, racially God. profiling a Muslim a Muslim uh, student and his family. I found the Muslims who found the Muslims. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, like Chris Nolan left. I mean, good for him for leaving like a year ago. 
smart move. He he was ahead of the game as usual. Um, so well, it'd be interesting to see what happens um, with with this stuff, especially with DC. Like they announced Joker two still coming, and I mean whatever. And but it's like you cancel this movie that sure probably wasn't doing so well, but like guys, you released this, you released Suicide Squad. Well, I don't think you're it's not the above same anything. <laughs> and and from what I read in like variety and stuff, this wasn't a creative decision as much as it was an accounting decision. Yeah, tax so from right what off. I can so from what I can understand, um, if they canceled this project and just took the L on it before um the middle of August, which I don't know, like August 15th, whatever, um, they would have been able, they're able to write down the entire cost of production and basically eliminate it from their tax bill. Eliminate ninety million dollars from their tax bill. So between that, some of the other projects they're canceling, that's basically what they're trying to do. Um, their and, earnings call is tomorrow. Um, oh a lot of people imagine it's not going to be very good. There's a rumor that seventy yeah. percent of the HBO Max creative staff is going to get laid off. Um, I would imagine that they wouldn't be so stupid as to fold HBO Max into Discovery Plus instead of just doing it the other way around. But again, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, it's I'm not a fucking, yeah. This seems like a case of, um, this seems more like hostile takeover um, than it does. Um, this seems more hostile takeover than it does media merger, it, honestly. Um, so, you know, it just sucks that, that, you know, honestly, one of the, one of my favorite streaming apps, Honestly, HBO Max. That's so good. It's a library, UI, um, you know, all that stuff. It's the, I think it's the best to use just like being on the app. Yeah. Um, I think it's tied with Netflix and I think it's library is, is almost unbeaten. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just sucks that we're back to, um, I, it just sucks that it's getting torn apart by, by vultures. I think we can say goodbye to any chance of. I've, have you been watching the rehearsal? I have. And I think we I can say goodbye to that ever coming back. I, I don't think they're going to do another season. No, they're not going to do another season of the rehearsal. I think any. Well, from what I've heard, it's only HBO Max that's getting gutted. HBO yeah. proper is going to continue yeah. as is. So, House of the Dragon, they basically just want to keep. They're basically going to milk Game of Thrones and whatever big hits come out, but they don't understand. But what people don't understand is that those things are such big hits because chances were taken on them in the first place. Right. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I would imagine some HBO, the really, really successful HBO Max shows um, will be safe. I, you know, Harley Quinn, Peacemaker. Peacemaker is, is saved. James Gunn um, said it's not being touched. You know, Harley Quinn, Peacemaker, our flag means death hacks. I would imagine those shows. Um, I imagine those shows will be safe, but yeah, I would imagine. Um, I would imagine a, a return to kind of HBO's formula of we're going to do like four shows a year. They're all going to be really good, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's that. So they've they've pulled a couple of HBO Max original movies already too. Yeah, they're trying Not to say we're like special. Right, they're trying to sell them to other streaming services. Right. Um, but meanwhile, it looks like on the on the good side of things, it looks like Marvel's getting ready to do another season of Moon Knight. 
Which is good because I, I had this complaint. Um, I like that we're doing the movie wire stuff first before talking about Xavier Booker. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of give kind of give the people a little rope dope. Yeah. Uh, no, I you know I was really disappointed in Moon Knight. Honestly, I didn't think. Um, I think it's a show that should have been TVMA, and you know it was just made at a point where Marvel felt they weren't ready. But I think as they're starting to as they're going to start to take on projects like Daredevil, like um, you know, Deadpool. like Deadpool three, which is probably coming now that they've added kind of the Deadpool movies and Logan onto Disney Plus, and they've kind of broken that barrier of like family friendly content only. Mm-hmm. I, I hope they kind of take some of these shows and they put them in a more mature direction because I really think there's no good way to do shows like Moon Knight, Daredevil. Um, shows like Ghost Rider and just have them be like and have them be kind of watered down by by PG-13. There's a lot you can do in the PG-13 rating and there's a you know there's a lot of great stories you can tell but without kind of that visceral violence that defines those those heroes you're you're kind of missing something, right? Like it feels it feels sanitized. Right. I, th- I think Marvel's uh, I think Marvel's getting brave with it finally. Yeah, um, I, I hope, mean I, I hope Blade is R rated too. Yeah, I would like I would like for Blade to be R rated. I think Blade will probably be if Blade's R rated. I think that's a good sign for Deadpool, right? And some of the other properties going into the future. I mean, if you one would think that if Mahershala Ali literally called the Hat Man and said, mm-hmm. "I want to be Blade." you'd think that there was a conversation later on, like, yeah, we can make it R-rated. You, I mean, you, you'd I, hope. Yeah, I mean, the only PG-13 Wesley Snipes Blade movie is objectively the worst one. That's Trinity, right? Yeah. That was PG-13? Man. Yeah. I yeah, I don't remember that. Um, so, and I think this, because, you know, D23 is like a month-ish away. And did you see Ryan Reynolds? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, Ryan Reynolds posted today that he's starting to train for Deadpool 3. So, Where did he post that? Uh, on his Instagram. I'm not trying to be smart ass. Like, <laughs> I saw it. I think it was on his Instagram. Um, so I would bet money that, like, you're right. It, we, we've all predicted an announcement at D23. He's totally going to be there. And he's going to be swall and in shape and in the suit. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they said Deadpool 3 starts shooting in the next month or two. If if he's already training for it, that means they're ready to roll. But, yeah, he posted something. It looks like a stunt double. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, and so it begins. Yeah, it's, we're, get, we're getting something at D23 for sure. Um, might just not been ready for Comic-Con. But, and it's in the red and the two swords emojis. So yeah, it's happening, which I'm pretty excited for. So we'll uh let's pivot. Folks, Tom Izzo, the master. The master. definitely, definitely not washed, no matter what someone on this podcast might have said. <laughs> definitely not washed, definitely not going out like Dan <laughs> Um, those are things that have not been said on this podcast nope. ever. Never. We have Never been uh, ratioed or called out for any any bad takes. Um, 
Definitely only good not. takes. That's only the good. thing that separates us from the other podcasts. The Qu- other we've MSU never podcasts. missed once. Never missed. Not once. Quality. Us. Yep. Our crystal bacon percentage is still 100%. <laughs> we haven't given one out in a year and a half. Nope. Still 100%. Um, we, we all thought it was going to happen and it, at least that this one turned out on like we, us thinking that Peyton Kirkland was coming to MSU and, you know, a couple other guys were coming. We landed Xavier Booker on Saturday. That didn't happen. Lucas again, we've never missed. No, we've never missed. No, bacon has never missed, but like we Some saw other people, we, not we us. never put in a crystal bacon for those guys. Um, so uh, Xavier Booker out of Indianapolis, Indiana Cathedral High School, um, four-star composite on 2247, but he's nationally ranked the third third nationally ranked player in his class, the number one power forward, and the number one recruit in the state of Indiana. Tom Izzo is so – just should be thrown in prison for all the robbery he's committed to the state of Indiana. Um, he is the highest rated recruit since Jaron Jackson Jr. And I believe rated higher than him. Maybe not. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. was just an overall five star. Um, but I mean, he's 6'10, 205. And I don't watch film of guys, but I watch film of him. Holy crap. Holy shit. I'm fucking ready for this. And we beat out, <laughs> we beat out, uh, I'd say the top three. Indiana schools, we beat out IU, we beat Purdue and Butler and Auburn, which is interesting. So maybe Bruce Pearl tried to uh, throw a bag at him or something. Don't forget IUPUI in powerhouse Indiana schools. Yes, uh, IUPUI with branches all over the state of Indiana. Um, Beat out Mike Woodson, Matt Painter, Butler coach. Well, Matt Painter didn't want him because he was under seven foot. He was like, can you grow two inches? No? Okay, you know, well, we're interested, but not super interested. Um, so I'll let Carter take over from here. Like, Carter, what do you think? I mean, th- this is so – this is awesome. Yeah, this was big time. Um, I think the thing that made the biggest impression on Booker was the fact that Izzo was the first one there with his recruitment and never left. Um, you know, he believed in Booker the whole way, even when he would have bad games – he would give him tips after the games and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys heard that story or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it, that that's kind of partly why uh, the big names, like the big schools didn't end up in his top 10, the Dukes, Kentucky's, the Kansas's, all those guys uh, didn't make his top 10. And it was pretty much because like Booker took notice of the fact that they uh, latched on to him once he, he had uh, made that huge jump in the recruiting. Right. Um, but from what I saw, man, it's 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 all it's as advertised. He's 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 tall. Yeah, he is pretty thin, but that's OK for now. Um, th- and he's a very, very fluid athlete. I mean, the, I, the biggest thing that stood out to me when I was watching him was the fact that he is six foot ten, six eleven, two oh five. But he can handle the ball like a guard. It's it's remarkable, actually. Um I didn't see him as a hugely above the rim athlete, but he definitely is someone who can get up there. Um, you know, he, he was driving on guys and dunking on him. He was coming off pick and roll lobs and things like that. Uh, his jump shot is kind of similar to Jaron Jackson in the way that he kind of has that push motion to it. 
Um, hmm. Not as much. It's not as significant as Jaron Jackson's, but you can definitely uh, still notice it. He's a lefty, uh, just super effective shooter. Um, I was, I'm hoping maybe they tweak his jumper a little bit, but just because of the fact that it does look pretty fluid, like it, 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 it looks like a good enough jumper to, to last. I don't know if they really have to, I think maybe just kind of like aesthetically I'm like, mm, you know, but cause, cause Jaron Jackson kind of, I mean, I just, you know, the way he was like shooting in the playoffs, I'm kind of like, mm, you know, but um, also another thing is he's really skilled in the post. He moves really well. Um, I believe he's about what, eight, 17, 18 years old as of right now, but he looks mm-hmm. pretty mature in that post. A lot of young guys who are kind of raw athletes and kind of new to playing the post. They don't really have, you know, the, the, like the nuances, the, the, um, like the physical, like skills that he has, but he looks pretty mature in that position. Um, he moves it really well. What else did I say? Um, when it comes to defense, he's really active at the rim. I mean, you know, being as, as tall and having the long arms that he does, uh, being able to, uh, protect the rim and he can move as well, you know, very good athlete. Um, uses his body well, he can defend in space as well. So he's not going to be a liability if he has to switch on a pick and roll. Um, so that'll be effective. That's nice. um, at Michigan state at Michigan state. I think I can see him playing a, a similar role to Jaron Jackson. Uh, but I bet that is will let Booker uh, handle the ball a little bit more. Um, I think he has that ability to, to grab a rebound and push it in transition. And I think is will be, more than happy to add that element to his game plan. So this is big time. This is a big time commitment. It was awesome that that um, the pursuit of Booker throughout his meteoric rise paid off. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it, as much as there's a lot of doom saying uh, in, in college recruiting about it's only about the money, the kids only care about the money, the, the quote unquote camps, only care about the money that's being offered. I do think there is something still to be said about, about building that, that personal relationship with, with players. And I think that, and I think that Booker is proof positive um, in that fact. Now, um, is that gonna, is that gonna carry out through everyone? No, probably not. You're probably going to have guys who, who, you know, you put it, who you sink a ton of time and energy to build connections with feel really good about. And then all of a sudden school X is going to come out of the woodwork and go, Hey, we really like you. Uh, Here's a $2 million NIL guarantee from our collective. Right. And they'll go, I'm sorry, I'm going to school X. Um, You know, it's unfortunate, but you know, it, you gotta, you know, for someone like Xavier Booker, I mean, MSU makes a ton of sense for him. He'll he'll be play he'll play right away. Oh, um, he'll yeah. play a lot right away. Um, you know, I think Izzo laying out the plan of how to use him and how they plan on utilizing him and what they want to have him do and what they want him to get better at, I think goes a long way in establishing that too, right? Because ultimately a kid can make, you know three, four, five million dollars in, in guaranteed NIL by going to a different school, but that pales in comparison to an NBA Supermax contract. And if you want an NBA Supermax contract as a front court player, uh, no one is no one is better at getting those guys those contracts than Tom Izzo. So mm-hmm. uh, it, 
the history bears that out. Uh, so I'm very, um, I'm very happy that, that Xavier Booker chose MSU. Um, as Mark Twain once said, rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, and I think, and I think, uh, I think Tom Izzo can go ahead and crib that, crib that from, uh, from the old, uh, from the old racist. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I was so happy to see it and, you know, great. I thank Xavier for committing on my birthday. Um, a great gift to, to give me. He must've known somehow he must've just known. Um, no, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I just keep saying that I'm pumped. Like, I'm, I'm pumped to watch MSU basketball again. And I know this season, you know, is – I don't think it's going to be bad. I just – I think it's kind of like a lead-up to next year. You know, like we're all – like we're doing the Vince McMahon well, – that excuse me, the canceled um, <laughs> expressions, you know, when he's in the ring on the chair. With This season class. will be our – this season will be our Marvel Phase 4. Yeah. <laughs> And then going forward, it'll be phase five and six. We're just trying to lead up for – and Tom, Tom Izzo's on the stage with, like, uh, Xavier Booker, Jeremy Fears, and uh, and our new commit, uh, the one that just committed, I think, was it Monday? Monday night? Yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Gary Normand, um, 6'6", shooting forward, or small forward. Excuse me, why do you keep saying shooting forward? Small forward, um, 180 out of Birdville High School in – North Richland Hills, Texas, um, beat out, <laughs> of course, we beat out the school that values the white man, the white, the white grinding basketball player more than anyone in this, in this country, the Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> so it was truly a great win for us. Um, I'm excited to see him in, in our system. He's rated 105th nationally in 247 the 20th ranked small forward and in the state of Texas, he's the number seventh overall player. So that's another big one. Um, Carter, again, I'm letting you lead the way in this one, bud. I've done all my homework. So it's all gonna, it's all gonna pay off. Um, so when I was checking out Garrick Norman, um, yeah, he committed on Instagram live yesterday. Basically he, um, he came to visit this weekend. Uh, and I guess it, I guess he was uh, he was impressed. So because uh, we got a commitment from him just a couple of, of days later. Um, first thing I noticed right away, like when you when you watch when you watch stuff, the kid's got that dog in him. He he is an absolute dog. He has that competitive edge. Um, he has that edge to his game. He's a very very good athlete. Um, good at cutting off ball and dunking, and they were throwing him lobs and everything. I mean, and he also, another thing about him is that he looks for his own shot and he shoots it really, really well. Um, I think he, I think he calls himself a three and D type of guy. So never hurts. Um, He, he was dunking on kids and yelling in their faces and everything. So obviously he has, you know, I, I love watching that competitive edge from him. So, and I I think like between him and fears um, for the 2023 class, this team when it comes to big 10 play is going to get under team skin because they are going to be physical. They're going to push guys around. They're going to be talking trash. And that's just, that's just kind of what you love to see. That's Um, vintage is a ball. Norman. He's got, he's got, yeah, he's got solid size, uh, six, 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 five, six, six. 
175, 180 range. Um, he might need to bulk up a little bit, maybe just a little, but you know, I don't, I don't think he'll have any issue with that. Uh, once he gets to MSU, filling out his frame and everything. Um, when I was watching, I saw him guard bigger guys as well, and he held his own. So again, that's a that's a toughness and competitiveness thing. Um, so again, huge bonus. Um, and as far as I know, oh, and when it comes to like the way he shoots, he shoots it like at the high point when he's shooting. So that's kind of it's more like a get you know like where Gabe Brown brought it way up above his head, so not much of a sh- chance to uh, have it blocked. Um, I think he should have no issue plugging into uh, to the Izzo system. I mean, this is maybe a lazy comparison, but I mean, the, I think it's the most popular one that people have used with Norman. Um, I think he'll be in a role kind of similar to McQuaid, but he'll probably get more opportunities at the rim. He'll probably have more opportunities with the ball in his hands, uh, creating things. He's he's more athletic than McQuaid, I think, was. So, I mean, you put the ball in his hands, you let him take it to the basket. Something McQuaid didn't do all that often. Um, but, yeah, it could be something kind of similar to that, maybe even more so to that extent. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not comparing him to McQuaid the legacy because we all know what Matt McQuaid, you know, did in his four years at MSU. He was he was excellent. He will will always remember him, always love him. Um, uh, but I think, like, he could play kind of like that similar kind of style. Uh, so this is a pretty good one. I, I really like that they they got a kid like this. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's, you know, get a grinder, get someone who can uh, get you, um, you know, the tough rebounds you need. That's what you need in the Big Ten. Um, I have a feeling he's going to be a guy that we love, but that other teams hate. I was thinking Um, that, too. There's definitely going to be a lot of other fan bases in the Big Ten who are going to call Garrett Norman a dirty player (laughs) and have a lot of preconceived notions about him says they're going to say he has a punchable face and stuff. Yep. That's what they always said. Yep. McQuaid. And and if he has a bad injury or if he has an injury, people are going to just like over embellish it and just be assholes about it. Like they were about the Kyle Arns injury, et cetera. It's going to be fun. that one guy who always said something about Kyle Arns? He's like a Michigan Twitter guy. Nezzy. Oh, geez. Intent to deceive or something. Yeah. Seek help. Touch grass. Um, and we're, there's, there's a interesting development that happened earlier today over in, uh, West Lafayette, where I stepped foot for a couple hours last fall. Don't want to talk about it besides that. Um, I don't want to cry. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn out of Montverde, Florida, Montverde, Florida, um, decommitted from Purdue. He is a four-star, uh, 93 composite on 247. Um, nationally ranked 48th player in the class of 2023, 11th as CG. What is that? Just guard? Yeah, like a combo guard. Combo guard. I kind of like what Jaden Akins is. Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm too old. Um, and in Florida, the fifth ranked player in his class in the class of 2023. Um, Michigan State was in on him a little bit. He was recruited by Michigan State. He never got an offer because I think they just thought. It was between Purdue and Indiana, who were the only ones who offered him. But something had to happen between him and Matt Painter. Um, or something something behind the scenes is going on for him to decommit. And there are, I, I wouldn't say rumblings, but like, you know, we might have a shot at this kid. There, there's 
I think there's a shot, but I don't know if we're going to get him, but he is, he was teammates with Jeremy fears for a while. Um, the floor general. So, you know, that, that's not bad. And like Xavier Booker and Gary Norman are already trying to recruit him to MSU. Like, I love that already. Like Gary visited. Yeah. He visited July 28th, visited last Thursday. And then now he's like, he's like, a, he's like Garth and Wayne's world wearing all the Reebok. He's like wearing all that shit, the MSU stuff already. Like it's, it's so cool to see. Um, I just wanted to bring that up because it is interesting. Um, it is something uh, to monitor for sure. Um, as, as the days go on, I mean, who, I wonder if he just decided he wants to go play with like some, t- you know, another teammate or something somewhere and was like, I'm, I don't, I'm not feeling it here. But I mean, if you go to West Lafayette, yeah, not, not really much there anyway. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up before we move on to football, which by Mel, Mel Tucker just tweeted 17 minutes ago, eight, 4:22 tomorrow at 8:30 a.m. with the look emoji. I bet that's when practice starts, or maybe like they reveal like a new jersey or something. I bet. Like I bet. Yeah, they uniform. can't be. They can't be doing that. Um, they can't do that with uh with recruits. recruits. So. <laughs> so it's probably has something to do with practice, or yeah, I I do believe there was a uniform. Um, yeah. Sorry. It is a uniform. I, I would bet. I mean, I mean, he is a great marketer if he does that, and then it's just like a video saying camp is started and we're back. <laughs> like, I'll still watch it, but like, you know, that I think, I think something interesting is coming for sure. Like, he wouldn't do this just for camp being started. It, it's got to be a new uniform. I think we're getting the black uniform tomorrow. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be sick. Oh, my God. Wear that. I don't think the Ohio State game has a time yet. So maybe if we are undefeated and they are, you know, that could possibly be a top 15, top 10 matchup. You know, that, that'd be pretty oh, under the lights. Oh, my God. It, that would be amazing. Or Wisconsin homecoming. But I don't know if they would – I don't know if they would overshadow homecoming and all the festivities with the new uniform that day. The green seat mafia would hate that. <laughs> Fuck Why do we have these? It's taking away the honor of homecoming. Oh, this isn't my MSU. This isn't my my team. Like, uh, no, because we're actually going to start winning. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is what happens when you when you are really good at football. You get this cool shit. Nike comes to you like, "Hey, we want to give you a new uniform." And then D'Antonio's like, "I just want neon state. That's all I want on it." <laughs> Sorry, I don't like those neons. I'm, I'm oh hey hey, oh, hey, 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 hey hear me out before you do the shark tank thing where you're out on me. I like neon for this team. I think the uniform needs to be better executed. It can't just be a green state and call it good. It needs to have like it needs to be a full neon with like white or something. I don't know. It needs to look like you gotta keep the light. neon pants. Yes. It needs to look like uh, the 2016 jerseys they wore against Maryland uh, in basketball, the the game where Costello hugged Izzo, bear hugged him. Um, Moving on, moving into football even more, um, you know, we talked about how there was like the June, I would say the June uh, blitz, like the June 
influx of commitments and pledges. Um, and July, you know, really didn't go our way, but um, I think oh, it was this yesterday too. You yeah, know, Monday. Okay, that was sorry. Monday. Yeah, I can see it here. I, I got to get used to 247. Um, we got a all-line commit for next year. Stanton Ramil, 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 whatever, Remo. Um, out of Alabaster, Alabama, from Thompson High School, class 2023. He's a big boy, 6'7", 310 pounds, uh, big old tuna can. Um, 201st ranked player in his class, according to 247. 22nd offensive tackle overall, and in his state, the 14th ranked player, um, had offers from UNC, Penn State, Pitt, Tennessee, oh, oh, quite a few people. I mean, this this list is insane, from like 30, 40 schools. Um, we were his last visit right after Penn State, and uh, Chris Kaplovich sealed the deal. He committed about a month and a half later. And, um, you know, we were kind of getting worried about losing out on, um, you know, some O-line commits like, you know, Peyton Kirkland and Miles McVay's an O-line, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, who was the other one? Was it Basantis? Chase Basantis, yeah. yeah. Samson Okanola. Yeah, Okanola, Basantis. Um, but, you know, you're not going to win every recruiting battle, but this one felt pretty good. It's another four-star, Alabama four-star I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty close to a Georgia three-star, if not better. Um, I, do you, do you have thoughts on Remel? I did. I did do my homework. I went from, <laughs> I, I can go from watching basketball film to football film. You know, the one picture, you know, the, you know, the one meme picture where it's got like the girl at the supermarket and she's got like the frozen like peas on her head or whatever. And it's like, She's so crazy. Love her. She's quirky, man. That's me going from <laughs> basketball film to football film. That's what I'm doing here. Um, yeah, but with Stanton Ramil, that's like you said, the kid is massive, and you can see it on film. He is huge. And, I mean, the fact that he's 6'7", 310 pounds, he's like 17, 18 years old. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you come in and you get on the Amber Rhinus team plan, the the weight room plan with Jason Novak and everything. Um, he's probably got room to grow even which is ridiculous to think about um but the first play that i see uh i'm seeing him drive a guy in the ground on pass pro you know you usually see with with linemen you usually see him put guys in the ground out in run blocking um but with yeah but with uh with this with with this play it was pass pro and he's he's pancaking the guy there was a lot of pancakes on film he likes to uh, finish his blocks he was also that's very hype. good at redirecting his blocks. What's up? No, I'm just saying that's hype. I really like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the game is um, one in the trenches. Um, here's a question. Um, he's not 18 yet, but do we know where his politics are? <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> okay. Because that'll be that'll be the thing that's that sets me over the top. That 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 will be the you'll you'll fall over your chair when you see him put a maga hat on exactly <laughs> exactly yeah this is a big one the, uh, um <laughs> sorry go ahead carter the dads of my quarterbacks i don't want it january 6th the dads of my offensive and defensive linemen yeah i want them right next to ashley babbitt oh <laughs> sorry carter go ahead <laughs> 
Yeah, I I was I think when I when Stanton Ramil committed, I was happy we landed him, but I was happy for Kapilovic, man. I mean, he finally got one of his targets, so that had to feel good. Um, and it appears that they are looking to get one more offensive line prospect uh, to round out the 2023 class. Um, whether it's Miles McVeigh, whether it's uh, I think they've started, I think they've probably expected Oak and Lola will probably go elsewhere. I think Miami or something like that. Um, but I think whether McVeigh decides to come to Michigan state over Alabama, I, I, I don't know about that. Um, could be Paul Fano, could be DJ Chester, could be any of these guys who they're targeting, but they want to add one more guy um, to that position. But I, I, I was happy for cap that for, I was happy for coach cap that he was able to, uh, to get one of his guys. And that'll probably benefit him in the long run. Mm-hmm. Can't it's it's nice to start off August on a good note. Um, a little bit of momentum heading into training camp, which starts started today. Um, we'll definitely get more details. I'm I'm very con. I, screw you guys. I'm very confident in Chris Solari um, <laughs> giving us the go to. He's the go to follow on Twitter for all of MSU fans. Um, I'm what? blocked, but I, <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm you're blocked. doing a bit. No, I'm dead serious. Chris Solari has, is, has very thin skin. Um, he's never complained about game start times and, um, you know, he's not a little bitch on Twitter and it, it's, he's, it's just a nice fresh breath of air, you know, Colton, you know, love you, love you, man. But I think, you know, Chris Solari just grabbed the gauntlet and said, fine, I'll do it myself. Um, we got that upgrade. <laughs> I can't, I can't keep it. No, it was a bit. Um, yeah. I, we And with the athletic not hiring anyone to fill Colton's role right now, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Like, well, I'd understand if we were like a Division II program or like, you know, a bottom of the barrel big 10 or like a Mac program or something, but like we're a top 20 program of all time. Like we deserve, we deserve that coverage. And if you're not going to give it to us, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're just going to copy and paste other articles or like, you know, God forbid former guest of our pod, uh, Chris Vanini cover MSU. Seems like he hates, seems like he's a self-hating MSU fan for all I know, but that's just me going off. My views don't don't reflect Carter or SD at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think we're going to get a lot more tomorrow. I'm curious about this uh, Mel Tucker tweet. I I hope it's I hope it's the black uniform, because if I remember correctly, did they? Man, I'm trying to think of when MSU unveiled the Molon Lave uh, uniform for the 2011 Michigan game. That was either at the beginning of the season or before the season started. Um, I think, I'm, Carter, you might – I don't know if you remember it. or Not really. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out. But, like – Which ones? The ones they wore against Michigan in the 2011 game, like the bronze and, and – uh, the bronze ones that said Mullen Lob on it. Yeah, I have no – Neons. I, I've – I think they're going to be neons, new neons, a new neon. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm ready. For, okay, so they announced them a month before the game. 
So, oh. I mean, what are we going to – we're playing a night game, so we might be getting neons on Friday night, September 2nd. I'd be fine with that. Didn't we debut the neons against Western originally? Yeah, that was the second game, though. Okay. In 2019, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. We'll see what we'll see what Mel Tucker brings up tomorrow morning. Um, hope it's I'm sure it'll be worth our while, but anything that man tweets is is awesome. I'm always uh, tuned in. Coach Tucker, please come on the pod. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna ask every time. And I mean, I don't you, oh um I wanted to add this joke in. I uh I saw folks, I saw Gabe Brown got uh signed by the Toronto Raptors. Um, but the, you know, the problem is there's a concrete shortage in Canada, so they might have to find a different method of making bricks. <laughs> Get it? Geopolitical. Uh, this is the thing, <laughs> bacon. This is the thing people come to the Bacon Warrior podcast for. Uh, East <laughs> jokes about the global supply chain. I'm not, I, I wish all the people who need concrete well. And all the concrete workers. Apparently, it was a strike or something. But um, good for them. Yeah, good for them. Make make your money. Um, I mean, do we have anything else to add? Short um, episode. Uh, I do not. Yeah, uh, buy buy physical media. Yeah, I'm back on this train. If you like something, uh, buy physical media because because the, there is no guarantee that anything you like is going to be available digitally. And technically, or you, know, you might have to, or this is just a joke. This is, this is the satire, satire. Or you might have to put on an eye patch and a peg leg. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> you, uh, might have to, you might have to download a few files that say what the thing is before it's like, before it's like, thanks to the lawsuit settlement, you are entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> There is a rumor that Batgirl may be related to, um, you know, a certain bay where some scumbags are kept online. There's a rumor that it might uh, drop somewhere in in the Internet. Um, Something crazy happens the day after we record. So I'm going to I'm going to speak this into existence just to reverse jinx it. Um, my car got towed on Friday and I think the transmission's blown out. So I'm going to say on this podcast that I think my car is going to be in the shop for another two to three months. So hopefully tomorrow I get good news and, you know, like my, I reverse jinx it. Um, and you know, it's a Ford. So I know people have strong opinions on Ford, but, um, you know, hopefully Ford, if you're listening, can you get me a brand new car? That'd be sick. Um, but anyway, I'm, yeah, I don't think the Ford family would be big fans of our podcast. <laughs> Especially when they hear the Lions episodes and you talking about the Ford family. Yeah, I don't think the Ford family appreciates being called Nazi collaborators. <laughs> I have to say. Uh, by, real quick, uh, Hard Knocks next week. I think it's next Tuesday. Correct. Um, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited to watch this. Like, just, just to watch Dan Campbell... And obviously, I still have a soft spot for golf. Like, I'm really excited to see what this Lions team does this year. I'm, and I'm I hope they lose. I hope they lose a lot. Um, <laughs> but they take away some valuable lessons. Yeah. Um, shout out to JJ McCarthy. Valuable lesson. 
don't think um, they're going to be three and thirteen and one again. I want them to be actually worse because I want CJ Stroud. You want the Rams to be bad too. I would like the Rams to be worse. I would like the <laughs> Rams to be. I would like the Lions to get better, and I would like the Rams to be infinitely worse. You know, well, they're one Matt Stafford injury away from that happening. Catastrophically worse. Just absolute, like, what the fuck is going on worse. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Um, no team has ever, no team has repeated in, like, almost 20 years. So, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything until, like, the season starts and they look like they, they can do it. Because I thought Tampa Bay, until that Rams game, was going to do it. But, um it's, it's so hard to do, but I would love it if Matt Stafford ended up winning more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers, just because Aaron Rodgers is so gimmicky lately with all of his con air. Yeah, did you see the thing he's, like, taking ayahuasca? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's going to have, like, a holistic health degree or something pretty soon. Yeah, he's taking ayahuasca and, like, chilling in the desert. What a weird guy. Like, Just fuck- call your parents. Just call your fucking parents, dude. <laughs> just <laughs> I honestly think. Go ahead, go ahead. I honestly think when when Aaron Rodgers retires, we'll never hear from him again. Probably just like go off and like live a life in the woods or something. Good. Yeah. No, we'll hear for yeah, we'll hear from him again because we'll mail pipe bombs to IRS (laughs) bill. That's why we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers again. He'll pop up on the Pat McAfee show when something political happens, and try to sound insightful when he just sounds like a fucking buffoon. Um. All right. Great ending. Good good pod, though. Good episode. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is pro-choice because he <laughs> thinks that eating fetus will give him career longevity? Like uh, Christopher Reeves. In yeah, like Christopher Park. Reeves. South Park. Yeah, he saw the episode of South Park and was like, he, he watched that episode of South Park while he was doing ayahuasca. And was like, <laughs> it's like, I can do that. That's it. That's, That's what it. stem cells are. <laughs> All right, good episode. Fucking cracking a baby open like a fucking cracking uh, a like a beer fetus. bottle. Yeah, cracking a fetus open like one of the a Kool Aid jammer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> all right, it's time to end it. Um. All right, all right, guys, we're back to weekly shows because I'm sure we're gonna get some developments every week leading up to season. We're um 28. We're 30 days away. Um, it's it's here. You can you can feel it. It's going to be awesome. Um, can't wait to see my brothers, my family at the tailgates, and we'll talk more next week. We're going to have a special guest on. Um, we're going to have um, our, our boy, Andrew Combo on um, to talk about Xavier Booker because he gets his flowers this week for, for never stopping to believe in Izzo. And uh, we want him on when he got back from vacation. So we'll have Combo on next week, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Everybody, go green. Go white. Go white.